Hello, good evening, everybody. This is your boy, Pastor Santa Camo, and I'm with my brother, um, who's about to come on right now. What's up, y'all? This is your co-host, Ricard Gino-Well. We welcome you to the eighth episode of the third season of The Real Word. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting the movement. We thank you all that came out. We thank all you that donated to the Turkey Drive, man. We was able to raise over $3,000 in one week. So shout out to y'all. We was able to get 200 turkeys, fill up a whole U-Haul, and give to the people of the community of Brooklyn, of Crown Heights. So shout out to everybody that donated. We want to thank you. Shout out to all the people that are still donating. Even till today, we're still getting donations. So shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to everybody that donated. Shout out to everybody that supported. Shout out to The Real World. Shout out to Herman SDA. Shout out to Franco Haitian. Shout out to iServe. Shout out to all the people that showed love, all the people that donated, all the people that came through. If you still want to donate, www.gofundme backslash the real word. GoFundMe.com backslash the real word. We're not just talking. We're living it. We're doing it. We're doing the work of the Lord. And we're serving our community. And we're providing spiritual healing and spiritual awakeness because this show provides you with education to wake you up. Speaking of education, we have, <laughs> we have one of our business partners. Right here with us today, and a friend of the show. Introduce Hi, yourself. Hi, everybody. It's Judy. I'm here with Sander and Ricard. And um, they did such a great job on Saturday with the Turkey Jive. Um, I was there for a little while, and it was it was phenomenal. Like people from you know the community, from the residential area, were coming and getting their turkeys just in time for Thanksgiving, and it was beautiful. So congrats to you guys. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was a it was a huge blessing. Sanders? So basically what is it that you want to discuss for tonight, uh, my sister? Well, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I was I was wrestling with um, just having a conversation with Ricard and just wrestling with like the idea of, you know, the the idea of social justice. Um, especially us as SDAs, like how does the social justice narrative fit in with with us and our beliefs and our values? So I don't know. And then plus, um, I thought it was just in time. Like you guys just came from doing a turkey drive, and um, how does that fit into social justice and kind of like the intersection of all of those ideas? So explain to people what exactly is social justice. Well. I feel like when you think of justice, you think of fairness. So it's the idea of being fair and all things being equal. And then when you think of social, you think of people. So it's like treating people fairly. So when you think about wealth, when you think about resources, when you think about um, economics, um, privilege, all of those things should be distributed fairly and equally. So that's what I think social justice. Some people feel like there's no justice. They feel like it's just us. Like, it's just us alone, you know? And one of the, I could say, one of the times where people felt like they were alone in regards to justice is a well-known situation, the death of Mike Brown, which was the young man that got killed in St. Louis. Um, and they not only killed him, they left his body on the pavement and let him bled out and allowed everyone to see him. It was like a modern-day lynching in, the, in a way. And there was nothing for us to do but to riot and we felt like no one was there to protect us no one was there to help us what were we going to do call 911 on 911 i mean there was nothing to do 
No one called the ambulance for Mike Brown. There was barely no justice for Mike Brown. And that was one of the many different situations that brought that brought a light to the Black Lives Matter movement. And like we were speaking about earlier, I feel like our church stayed out a lot of those issues when it was going on. They didn't even talk about it on the pulpit. They didn't even say a prayer for Mike Brown or his family or Eric Gardner or um, the list is, this list is so long, man. The list is so long. <laughs> and, and that's the problem um, with the church, with the Seventh Adventist Church. Um, you know, when I took this class called, at that time, Oakwood University was Oakwood College. It was called, um, the, the, the course was called um, OC 101. I know it's called OU 101 because now Oakwood is university and everything like that. So one thing we must understand is that the Seventh Adventist Church, unfortunately, um, truly was not um, very, 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 um, it was not really into the civil rights movement at all, um, which is really sad. Um, I could even go into depth in why the, 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 the black conferences, the regional conferences started it. But what I want to go back to is, is pretty much is this, is that um, a lot of guys from C.D. Brooks, from E. Cleveland, um, also my professor, Professor Kwesi, um, who was also present at that time, who was speaking against injustice, speak against racism, um, where there was a lot of segregation that was going on within the Seventh Adventist Church at that time, which was blatant, um, basically was, I mean, what, what was so sad about it was that, you know, there was a very silent, um, it, I'm trying to retrace my thoughts because I have so much in my mind. Um, it was racism in the Adventist yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot, a lot of that. That's the reason why Oakwood started, um, you know, and I mean, just a lot of my mind. Let me just say this, though. Let me just go back. Let me retract my thoughts. So during, the, during, the, during that time, there was a lot of racism. We all, we know that. Um, in regards to, what? You mean like in the early Adventist time or you talking about when you were in Oakwood? I'm talking about in the early Adventist time. Oh, okay, okay. And the early Adventist time, even during the time of Ellen G. White as well, too. There was racism as well, too, because... She talked about in the message messages to colored people how basically black people had a special gift to offer to the church. So let me ask you a question. She about, let me just finish my thoughts. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm just going to ask you a question. Ellen G. White wrote a letter to the black people, but her husband that started it did he write a letter to black people? No. There, there was there was other people. There was other people that was um, instrumental. There was um, um, J. P. Andrews. You got Andrews University. Uh -huh. You got Charles White. You got um, E.G. White. Um, you got about like seven to eight other people who started the church and everything like that. No, but my question was, do you think they wrote letters to black people? No, they were, they were very instrumental. They were very instrumental in regards to allowing um, colored people to be part of the movement. But unfortunately, the brethren, um, the people that were in charge at that time, didn't have the mind frame. So uh, remember also, too, James White died before... So after he died, um, she talked about how we must integrate. But the brethren, the people of power at that time, was not for it at all. Mm -hmm. So as a result of the disobedience of Seventh-day Adventists at that time, who were supposed to reach out to black people, as a result, with the Bible Gateway going down from um, Maryland to Virginia, from South Carolina, a lot of them have become... Amy, Baptist, 
or Pentecostal. Mm. And that's the reason why Ellen G. White was sent to Australia, because of the mere fact that she was exposing too much of what was going on at the church at that time. That's the, that's, the, that's the reality of it. So moving forward with that, okay, there was a lot of things that were going on in Southern Adventist Church that were not fair. People were not being treated fairly. But I think what really triggered the regional conferences, what really triggered it was there was a woman who wanted to be admitted at a Southern Adventist hospital. So what happened was she gave a phone call to the hospital. They supposedly said that she sounded white. And as a result of that, when they found out her true skin color, they did not admit her at the hospital. So she died reaching 45 minutes, um, heading to another hospital. She died on, on that route. And that's what triggered the regional conferences that we have today. Because at one time it was Greater New York, it was in Greater New York, but because of the situation, you have Northeastern Conference. Same thing with, um, you have like, let's say, um, Let's say, uh, 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 oh my, like, like all, all, all the conferences, but like, you know, New York Conference. BSI. Or, 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 not no, BSI, no, 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 like any conference, any conference that's, that's named by a state was a white conference. So any conference that's been Allegheny East, Allegheny West, South Central. All of those. All of those conferences that say, like, you know, are, are regional conferences. So they broke away due to the mere factor that the woman that was the Seven Adventist could not be admitted due to her skin color. So a Seven Day Adventist Hospital. Seven Day Adventist Hospital. Washington Adventist. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Washington Adventist Hospital. But you know, That's it, deep. it also goes to the fact that, um, like, money, right? So mm -hmm. the money that is used to build these institutions, like, actually, James White, you were talking about the early SDAs. They were the ones who create, um, who built Oakwood College. Yeah. Because they believed that we need to educate black. Mm -hmm. black people so they were the founders of the church were the ones who built oakwood college so as adventists we build schools we build hospitals we build all of these different structures and people black people at the time were wondering okay so are these institutions for us like are these hospitals that are being built are they for us and I guess the leaders at the time never really gave a straight answer, but then when the situation that Sandra just described, when that situation happened, they realized, nope, our monies, our uh, tithes money are being sent to the general conference. They're building these institutions, they're building these schools, hospitals, but it's not serving us. So what do we do? That's why we have Oakwood. That's why we have um, different schools that cater to our people. Um, it's it's no surprise, for example, why AUC shut down. You know why AUC shut down. Why did AUC, AUC shut down? AUC shut down for the mere factor that at one time there was a lot of white folk at the school and unfortunately due to a lot of Haitians and a lot of black people and Hispanics, um, they, you know? Because a lot of people I, I, live in that because Boston is is uh, no, but, 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 but that AUC, area in Massachusetts. I, but AUC is not Boston. AUC is Lancaster. Oh, it's okay. further. It's further. It's, it's further. further it's further up and everything like that. So due to the fact there was black students going there, Hispanics going there, and a lot of the alumni didn't want to pay for the mere factor that there was more black students than white students. That's the reason why, you know, it closed down. That's the reality of it. Mm. That's what we need to understand. You know, I think we just need to be. Honest with ourselves. Our church can be very racist. Yeah. Our church can really focus on white supremacy. Um, it's 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 there when you see you know the situation with the NAD 
and the GC. And I just feel like, you know, we just have to, you know, we just have to admit and omit to it, you know, not, not hide it. And we should do better. And yeah. I feel like the GC should be able to speak for colored people and Hispanic people because at the end of the day, the, 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 in regards to the contribution of white people bringing souls to the Lord in the Seven Adventist context, it's not a lot of them that are doing that. It's mainly black people and Hispanic people who are doing the work. We find that in Europe. If you find in Europe, within the Seven Adventist Church, a lot of people are digressing from the Seven Adventist measures or digressing from the Word of God. Mm. A lot of whites are atheists and everything like that. But if you look as far like Africa, a lot of a lot of people are bringing a lot of souls in Africa. Right. A lot of people are bringing souls in South America. A lot of people are bringing souls in the West Indies. You feel me? And China and and and, and all of the other places that 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 that, that have um, dark-skinned people. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel that that's the reality. You know what I'm saying? I think also um, I just want to give a shout out to um, this woman that I know. Her name is Tiffany Llewellyn. And she is the founder of a group, an organization called Adventists for Social Justice. So explain that. What exactly do they do and what's the purpose? So basically what we were just talking about, um, there were a group of young adults, specifically Tiffany and her friends, who felt that when all of these um, killings, police brutality, these shootings were happening and SDA young adults didn't have a voice to express that in their churches. You know, if you ask, oh, can we do a AY on, on police brutality or can we have a Vesper where we discuss this or can we go to a protest or can we go to a rally, um, a lot of their churches uh, just quietly said, no, this is not our place to participate. And so it basically grew out of that frustration. Like, we, if we can't do it in the church, let's just, we're not going to leave the church. We're not going to do it outside of the church. That's why they keep the name Adventist, because they keep that identity. But we're just, we're just going to work. Uh, we're, we're, we don't want to be limited by the church. So we're just going to work outside of the four walls. And so that's how ASJ, that's what it's called, Adventist for Social Justice. That's how it grows. Why is it that? A Southern Adventist church would say that it's not good to speak against injustice. Now, mm -hmm. let me let me let, That's let, a let, question let, that I'm still let, trying no, to listen, figure out. It, it is what it is because <laughs> because the thing is that there's an excuse that's being used that because Jesus Christ is coming and things are gonna get worse. We should stay silent. Mm. I feel like that's a slave mentality. That is a say. I agree. Mm. Because just look at the story of Nat Turner. Nat Turner is a perfect example. You know? Where, like, he was shown to read, and then through reading the Bible, and yeah. through reading the Bible, even though he was set out by his quote unquote owners yeah. on a certain mis mission, yes. I guess the Holy Spirit touched him, and he received a message from the Holy Spirit to do something else, which was to liberate his people. Yeah. And oftentimes, the slave mentality is it's okay to be poor right now because yeah. there's riches in the afterlife. Mm. You understand? It's almost like how, how the Arabs are, are, are promised, what, a hundred virgins, and they give their life. I feel like they could say, okay, the meek shall inherit the earth, but what about the rich Christians? I'm sure there's a bunch of those. I feel like there's a lot of those in the Seven Avenue Church. Exactly, but I feel like <laughs> a lot of those. I feel like the people in power within the churches they have their own personal agenda. Yeah, this is a fact. And the conference itself, 
they get money from somewhere. That's mm -hmm. a fact. And technically, the they're, they're a not-for-profit organization, so right. they got to operate within a realm where they could continue to receive these government funding. Yeah. But not even Nat Turner. Like, think about it. Like, our own country, Haiti, like, they did not <laughs> submit to this idea of slavery. They were like, no, we are, we are not enslaved people. We demand to be free. And we are going to we are going to fight for our freedom, and that's what our Haitian um, ancestors did. Like that's what they did. And, um, and the world hated them for that. And we are and unfortunately still paying the consequences. Especially right now, because the thing that's going but on. But imagine if they had that mindset, right? Mm -hmm. If they, I mean, I don't know if they were Christians, but but they weren't. They weren't. So like, time. imagine if if they had that mindset, like you know, crisis coming soon. We're not gonna shake things we're not gonna um shake things up or do anything crazy god will deliver us no they they took their deliverance into their own hands and this is not to say that god was not involved but it's like the the bible says we work out our deliverance you know with god it's it's not just just him alone yeah. you know well the god that we serve is not the god of the oppressors that's number one right he's not the god of the oppressors he's not the god of white supremacy, he's not the god of racism. God is a god for everybody. For anybody who chooses to worship him and to love him freely. You know what I'm saying? Because God gives us free will. You see what I'm saying? But um what what what's so sad is there's a there's a there's a there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect of, of what's going on with, with the G C um in regards to there the, there's much more that we, we, we have to do in regards to pressuring guys like Ted Wilson, yes said his name, and pressuring <laughs> guys like um, like a lot of guys, you know what I'm saying? That's why for me personally, I don't feel comfortable going Who is in. Ted Wilson? Who's Ted that? Wilson is the GC president. Okay. For those who don't know, GC stands for General Conference, Conference. You know what I'm saying? It's the, the, the highest office in the Seventh-day Adventist denomination. It's the Worldwide Church. It's the Worldwide Church, church and he know? holds the highest office. Yeah. So he's basically the... Oh, I'm not, I shouldn't listen, even say this, but... Why. He's the dictator of the church? No, some people, you know, when the whole um, annual council uh, issue happened, a lot of people were comparing him to Donald, Donald Trump and saying that he is the equivalent of him. And so just as Donald Trump is the president of the United States, he is the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And it was like this, the same rhetoric, the same rhetoric that people that people were hearing from Donald Trump. It feels similar to, and I don't know, I don't know the conference president. I don't know him personally. I've never met him, but um, it from what you hear, right? It seems as if the words that are coming out of his mouth, the rhetoric that he's speaking, is very similar to the rhetoric that. But it is similar. Donald I, think we, I think we need to call it mouth. For what it is. If he was a Republican, would y'all be surprised? Seven Adventist, seven Adventist <laughs> members use mostly all Republicans. Let's be honest. Because we're ourselves. conservative. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say most that. I would say seven yeah. Adventists, like Ben Carson is a seven Adventist. He's a Republican. <laughs> let's be for real. Let's be let's, let's keep it a yeah, buck. The, yeah. the, 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 the thing is that what we have to understand is I don't think it's I don't think it's all, but I think it's the majority. Of those who are legalistic and traditional are Republicans. Let's be honest. You conservative. Know? Are conservative. But yeah. they are Republicans, though. Let's be honest. We got to call it for what it is. Because you, you basically align yourself with whoever follows the same agendas as yourself. I think when you're higher up within any company, you enter into a secret society where 
you're in a room where certain things happen that the general people don't know. Perfect example, when you're an elder, you have the elder meeting, the mm -hmm. elder committee, mm -hmm. and then after the elder committee is the general committee with everyone else. Mm -hmm. But the things that you might discuss in the elder committee, you might not discuss in the general committee. And the, even the things that... Um, so basically, discussed in the committee is not shared with the uh, with the rest of the church. church exactly. And the higher up you move up in whatever social structure, there's going to be secrets that you hold. And we know that a lot of these churches they have backgrounds within Freemasonry and other things because these are the original building blocks of these certain things. You know, even even the whole Masonry, the Freemasonry, the Masonry sign that's from the Bible. That was the builder of Solomon's temple. So all those things come together, you know. I want to just say this. I just feel like you know, um, our and I was talking to you know, uh, uh, I'm not gonna say his, his name because you know I have inside scoop with this pastor. We're very close friends. We talk every Monday, and he works for the conference. So I'm not gonna put him on blast. <laughs> but um, we talk about this all the time, you know. And you know, he, he commends. Us of what we're doing as well too. You know, he always commends us. So what why we're doing. he don't help? Why he don't join? I mean, he's in the conference. Um, he donates. Is he Haitian? No, he's not Haitian. Okay. He is not Haitian. He's American. He's not. You know, I, I, you know, I have more than just Haitian friends. So <laughs> just put it out there. Right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna be clear about that. And Northeastern. I I won't say. <laughs> Greater. I, I'm not going to say what conference he is, but know that he's a connect, he's a way connected guy and he's very fun. Because like I said, I went to Oakwood and a lot of my good friends, you know, you know, mm -hmm. you guys know what it is. You feel me? I'm not going to say, you know what I'm saying? I know people, mm -hmm. you feel me? And you know, I, you know, because you know, you know pastors, but you know, you guys see them at pastors. I see them at pastors, but we're friends, right, you right, feel me? Right. So, so the thing is that, um, you know, I, we agreed upon this. I think what we need to focus on as a church is... We need to address, we need to get rid of white supremacy as a church. And the thing is, I want to commend all churches. For example, like the Baptists and the Pentecostals and the, and the Methodists, they all have apologized to a contribution of white supremacy and slavery. Mm. We are the last church that have not done so. Mm. The Catholic Church, the Beast, has supposedly apologized as well for the contribution of slavery and white supremacy. So, you know, I'm not a Catholic. I have nothing against Catholics, you know what I'm saying? Because I have family that are Catholics. It's not my style, you feel me? To each his own, we have preferences. Um, but, they, but this Pope, you know, he's very radical. He goes against what Trump's saying and everything like that. I mean, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I commend him for that. I mean, he's not my God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So everybody has their own preference, so I'm not trying to offend anybody. But I want to say, what I want to say is I feel that we as a church, we should apologize to our contribution to white supremacy, to racism. Because we had members in power in our church. I leave Andrews for a, for a second. Or Southern. Because when I went to, when I visited Southern, I've seen murals. Like, I've seen like, um, murals, like paintings mm -hmm. of... Um, Confederates oh. be in union offices. Wow. I'm telling you, I've seen that in the campus. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Or I've seen, I've seen one time. One time I, I went to visit. Um, we couldn't go to the cafeteria of of, of Southern. 
because of the color of our skin. Wow. And I said, blatantly, if that's the case, I'm never going to step my foot there ever again. Yeah, this is not this this is not no this is not no um nothing new. They just they, 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 um, they, this uh this uh this uh this uh this white young man called uh called a couple of people from Oakland niggas. It's not yeah they, say, they do blackface yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And you, this but, ain't nothing new. And, and, you know so this is why I commend like ASJ so much. Yeah. Because um I we recently came from a conference um in Atlanta, and they were talking about racial reconciliation. Yeah. They were talking about like um just white Caucasians like apologizing or um, just I don't know a statement or some sort yeah. like a- acknowledging the fact that black people were hurt in this church yeah. and um, some of um, Southern Southern Adventist University students actually were sponsored by their school yeah. to come yeah. to the conference. Yeah. Oakwood, there were Oakwood students there, and actually next year, I feel like I'm promoting ASJ. So, some Oakwood um, uh, ASJ next year, 2019, is actually going to be at Oakwood University. So, all of the, you who are um, interested, if you are SDA watching or if you are interested in social justice and how it affects the church, um, listen, I'm, listen, come, I'm, come listen, out. I'm all about reconciliation. Yeah. Um, I'm all about reconciliation. I'm all about us coming together as one because God is a God of many. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We are a melting pot. We're like a salad bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like Jane Elliott. Shout out to Jane Elliott, man. Mm-hmm. One of the most phenomenal professors who, 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 who fights against white supremacy. Oh, yeah. She was on um, um the yeah. red table talk. Yeah, she 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 breaks it down. She said she says she not one white person created religion. She yep. said that. Yep. Right woman, you guys <laughs> telling you the truth. That's right. Like if if if, if America right. taught you know the reality of black contributions, we could actually cure racism mm. because racism is a psychological disorder. Yep. That's what she said. If you're racist. You're, you're nuts mm. because everybody's different. We all created to be different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want to shout out to her. She about said she on that show. She said race isn't real. She she asked everyone to to consider themselves family. Yes. She was like, turn to the person sitting next to you yep. and say hi, cousin, because that's what we are. She's, we fun, are she's phenomenal. Yep. You know. She's phenomenal. She's, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Quick shout out, shout out to Marcia Lewis. She's always supporting us. She said good night all. Uh, good night to good you. Night. Shout out to Marcia. She's always supporting. And shout to Grace Laura. She said, "Hey, so shout Hi, to Grace." Grace. I, I just want to just go back to this. So I think that's what it is. And I also like um, the other day uh, a, a friend of mine who just graduated from Andrews. Um, she unfortunately it was viral on Facebook. She had to approach the Andrews president um, in regards to um, how black students. This is 2018. Are not being treated fairly as black as white. Students at Andrews University. Yeah, listen, it is listen, it is what it is. It is what it is. I just feel like listen, I am saying this not to discredit. I'm just saying this the thing is that we have to really, really um repent mm-hmm. in regards to I'm all about reconciliation and admit it, listen, we have done we have done wrong in regards to you know what I'm saying, supporting white supremacy, treating other people um, you know, with their race um inferior. We have to admit to that. I think that's very important. And also to we have to go back into the focal point of what what we are about. What is our mission? Why are we here? You know, it's more than just coming to church. Yeah. We have to serve the community because once you serve the community, um, that's what brings souls 
to the Lord. We are the community. Yeah, we are the we community. Because we, we are impacted by whatever um, policies are put in place. We are impacted by it as well. And the thing is, I feel like SDAs, we were talking about it, Ricard, like we are in a bubble. We feel like whatever is happening outside in the world does not affect us. But it does. It does affect us. Yep. We and, and part of it, too, is like because we build our own schools. We have our own SDA schools. We put our kids in those schools. Our kids are not in the, the, the public schools. I did not go to an SDA school at all. Me either. I did not. Did I. Elementary I, school. I couldn't afford it. give us the discount. I didn't want to. High school. I went through all my, my – I did not go to an SDA college. I went to a public university. And I just, I just feel like we, shout out to CUNY. Shout out to CUNY. I, so I, I don't. We, I am the community. So when we say serve the community, it's serving us. That's a fact. Serving ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and I think a lot of Adventists don't understand that. They don't get that. Nope. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, you know, we're here to to change that. You know what I'm saying? The so, sad part about it is sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Um, and the lesson. In the Seventh-day Adventist lesson book last week, it said that the word disciple was interchanged with the word deacon. And basically, mm -hmm. a deacon was someone that served the church. And they said that at the time, ministry was also interchanged with the word service. Mm -hmm. Because half of, the deacon, half of the deacons or half of the disciples was preaching the word and spreading the word of Jesus Christ. But the other half was serving the community and serving the people. Mm -hmm. And they said, at that time, they used to help out widows, like women who husbands died because you know back then if your husband died basically right. there wasn't much people to take care of you especially if you didn't have a son right. so that's where the church started off with preaching the word and serving the community helping those that couldn't help themselves and I think along the way they got more caught up in the preaching and the, I guess the spectacle of things you know more about the service the suits the entertainment the music and all that they forgot about the people outside and when someone from outside do walk into a church we look at them like ill what you doing here like right. you know you should see the way people especially our people the advanced people look at others that don't dress the same look the same or talk the same as them it's almost like they're in a bougie social club versus the church it's almost like being in a hospital with a lot of people that got different sicknesses you're making mm. fun of a person because they got AIDS but you got terminal stage 4 cancer you both gonna die right. so who are you to judge it's it's really crazy it really is crazy and it goes also to we were talking about like the difference between social charity and social justice and I, I'm really really proud of you guys and like I said congratulations for the awesome things that you're doing in the community with the turkey drive and the diaper drive and um, you know we had the toy drive last year, and and it's just that these are real great acts of kindness that we are doing for the community. I know there are other organizations who do coat drives and all of that, but it's like those only feed the temporary needs for a for a period of time. Yeah. Like we're all, we give out the turkeys, but it's only gonna last for what one day. They're gonna eat it after one day. They're gonna be hungry again. And then we come back next Some year. Thanksgiving leftovers be good, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, but social, so that's social charity, right? We're being charitable. But social justice speaks to the things that are causing people to be poor, the things that are causing people to be homeless, without shelter, without clothing, without food. Like, that's what we are attacking. Policy. policy. You know, policy is essentially, you know, and it's just like, when if you condition your members or if you tell them you 
you condition them to think that church and politics and policy don't mix, then they're afraid right to get involved. It's, it's, it's all one. But guys, working within the system, I understand more so now that it is a system, basically. Here's how the system works, right? You go to basically a public school because you can't afford a private school. You go to a public school and public schools are overcrowded. So some kids make it, some kids don't. That's just the reality of the situation. The kids that don't, it's hard for them to get a good job. So sometimes within the environment in which they live, they fall into crime. Once they fall into crime, especially when they catch a felony, it's hard for them to get a job. So they stay in jail for a certain amount of time. They get in institutionalized a second time. First public school, now jail. So now they leave jail, they have no skill, which means they didn't go, they didn't finish school, they didn't get a skill. Like, you know, back then they used to have, like, skills teaching in school. You know, they had a wood shop, they had um, welding, they had home economics, they had different things in school where if you graduate, like plumbing, electric work. But if you if you listen to Omar Johnson, I'm not a huge, I'm not a fan yeah. of his. I just, I, I listen to him a a few times, so like there was one thing that he said um, about like when he went through the history after the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. like that was something that they took away from the public schools. Exactly, is those those the those skills, those training schools. Exactly. They took that out, and so the very thing that helped blacks men especially to make a living, they took that away from them. And they removed and the so, factories. And they brought in. Well, this is according to Umar Johnson, but they brought in cocaine, and so nah, black that, men... That, that's, that's, that's a fact. fact. Black, yeah, so that's a fact. Well, economics, yeah, economics. Yeah. <laughs> so without the jobs, and now with this um, this yeah. influx of drugs, what are they supposed to do? Either do it or sell it. Exactly. So then now they come out of jail, and now they got a felony, and it's hard for them to get, get a, a, job. a decent job, where, yep. and it's hard for them to get into school now. Yep. So what they do, they either end up in a homeless shelter or they go back to selling drugs and go mm -hmm. end up back in jail. Mm -hmm. They go to the homeless shelter. Hospitals, schools, jails, and shelters are all built the same, get the food from the same place, get the furniture from the same place. They're built by the same people. If you look at hospitals, schools, shelters, and jails, they even got the same paint on the walls. <laughs> that that like hard dingy paint and that I was, just don't ever go and away. you know what I was reading an article today on lead poisoning in public housing and NYCHA <laughs> the same thing yep. public housing same paint yep. so then now you're in a homeless shelter they give you a government voucher the government voucher barely is able to cover the price of the rent because the housing market is so high up and why is the housing market so high up because gentrification and poor housing laws which uh, which allows the landlords to ch overcharge people. So yeah, you got a voucher, but then you could miss an appointment with your HRA or with your welfare. Now your benefits is cut off. You end up in housing court. You either gotta go to home base and try to get a check to pay off your rental arrears, or you end yeah. up with a notice of eviction. You end up back homeless in the back of the shelter, or you end up on the streets either selling drugs or selling your body. Because most women that are homeless end up selling their body, and it's a cycle. And they, yes. these places just recycle people over and 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 over again. Mm -hmm. And when you're done and dead, that they already got your daughter lined up. And most of the time, when people grow up in public housing, they're not thinking about marriage because they didn't grow up that way. Mm -hmm. So then. The mom is there, the grandma and the daughter and the kids is there. Most of the time they have kids by the guys that grew up in the projects with them with the same mentality. So the baby daddy's in jail and it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. The same thing. The only thing And who is this happening to? And this is what people don't Colors. understand. Who is this happening to? But you know what's so crazy? There's power in voting. Because we see what happened in Florida the other day. 
What happened in Florida was um, those who had felonies, they gave them an opportunity to vote. You follow me? And not only that, too, also opportunities for job opportunities as well, too. So there's power in voting and sending people to come. Yeah, there was, you're looking at me like Farfetch, like, no. I'm, like I'm not, I'm not going to disagree. A lot of, I don't 100% listen, agree. I, I don't well, think that voting we, solves we, everything. We, I mean, we, we could name a lot of, we could Google a lot of things that has passed, a lot of opportunities that we have today because of voting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We can I mean I mean we can talk about that, you feel me? But you know, I just feel like we just as a people, we need to be a little bit more um active and vocal and stuff like that. But I feel like we also need the right leaders so that we could yes. vote That's for a fact. Yes. some people yes. because perfect example when we had to pick between Hillary and Trump, you know. That was no that was no option. Like but, but, but it's not also too you gotta vote for your representatives, which you know now, you know, Congress, you have like a lot of women, you know, minority women who now into power who's gonna be on that behind of Trump. So Trump so what is still happened, a sit. So what happened to the minority men? Like where are the black guys running for office? Where are they at? There were some Andrew, Andrew Gillum, Gillum in, yeah. in Florida. He ran. Yeah, I heard um, there's a there's a recap. But he now, didn't right? but no, I, he lost. No, he, lost. He, 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 he um he conceded. No, he conceded, but then they said that the no, votes were so close that they had to recount. Yeah, recounted, recounted, and, and they yeah. found out basically. Well, the yeah. thing is that white women voted for for um the other the, the other guy anyway. Mm -hmm. I just mean, like how white women, fifty six percent of white women, voted for Trump. Yeah, facts. Yeah, be careful of white women, man, in regards to that context because it'd be real like that. I'm telling you. <laughs> listen, and he said, "Look, they're loyal to theirs. They know you racist. Listen, they're loyal to." I'm lying. I know. No, I'm right. laughing because I was literally this Sunday watching Jada Pinkett and her. The conversation at the the red table talk was the the relationship between black women and white women and reconciling that relationship. And she had Jane Elliott on her show, and so I'm, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of that. No, they're loyal. They're loyal to them. I think black women should take a note out of white women. And regardless of because the, and being loyal. Yeah. Mm. Being loyal to their I think it's really more I think it's a little more loyal. No, it's the real word. That's what it is. The real word. The thing you need to understand is this, right? This is why we give you a shit. You know what I'm saying? This is the real word. You know what I'm saying? Let's be honest. The thing is that, look, these white women, they knew Trump was a racist. They knew that Trump was saying he was grabbing them by the kitty cat. You understand? They knew this. Even Trump's wife knows the yes. deal in oh, regards yes. to oh, yes. him with his, with his affairs. Mm -hmm. And she's okay with that. Who said that she was okay with that? Yo, listen. listen. She's, she's playing a part. She's playing a part. What woman you know is okay with that? Listen. She's putting on a face. You think so? But yes. she's a male or a bride. I so think she's, I think she's okay with that. She's she's, she's hiding. She's paid to stay. She's paid to stay. That's why she never moved into the White House. I think she's okay with that. Well, she lived there because 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 well, the, the, well, the fact that, that when I saw her last interview, she was talking about there are people that I don't trust, and I've expressed that to my husband because he loves me and I love him. She said this. This was three weeks ago. It's I'm not making it's scripted. It's not scripted. I'm telling you what she said. <laughs> It's a reality show. And as, and as a result, and as a result, for the love of Donna, there are, pe there are people that has been removed. Yes. By Donald Trump, right? Because his wife flew away. 
You know what I'm saying? Wow. I mean, it is what it is. The same thing like Donald Sterling. Mm-hmm. He cheats on his wife, mm-hmm. and you know, he got the money. She's cool with that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not approving that. I'm not saying that's, that's, that's a good thing, you yeah. feel me? Yeah. But I just feel when white guys do their trash, white women is cool with that. But, but, but then how do you explain the Me Too movement? And I know this is so off topic. It's about a black woman. No, what Me Too started with no, no, no. oh yeah, uh, Me Too started okay. with the uh, I forget her name, but yeah, it started with her. Uh-huh. But then it people didn't really know her. That that I don't I don't know I didn't know her. Me Too. When you started hearing hashtag Me Too, it was yep. because white women were coming out. No, but white they, women were coming out against like against that Hollywood celebrities and producers and all that. You know, crazy, but the thing is, you know, crazy that 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 and, that, that, um, that, that producer that white producer he didn't go to jail. Did he? But that, but that doesn't mean that they were they were okay the they with did. exactly. That, that doesn't mean that they just because he didn't go to jail. That that's not because they were okay with what he did. That's legal. That's the the, the legal. Stuff. Okay. They didn't have anything to do. But why Cosby? But he didn't go. I'm not sure. I don't know. What? What? No. What? Why is it? Why is it? Why is it? Why is it? Why? Why? Why is it? My man Hugh Hefner can get away with sleeping with a lot of women, but R. Kelly can't. Because, because what? The color of exactly. That's that's all that I'm saying. I'm not saying you know it makes it right, but it is what it is. You feel what I'm saying? Kelly is a child molester, though. That's a fact. I mean, but he's not the only child molester. There's a lot of child molesters, but it, I don't know. It is what it is. When you're in that life, you gotta pay that price. That's a fact. Unfortunately, that's um that's the a fact that they pick. But you were speaking about something that was voted on during the GC, the General Conference. Yes. The, 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 the <laughs> annual council. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, basically... Um, and it's in regards to women, too, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, it, facts. It has to do with women. What about a nation? What's up with that? <sighs> oh, lot, my God. Listen, listen, lot, listen, listen. A lot, a lot, listen, a lot. I want to say this before I cut you off. I'm so sorry to cut you off. Listen, I want to shout out to all our women. Um, shout out to my homegirl, Rebecca Davis. Oh, she got rain shout out to you, everything like that. Shout out to my homegirl. You know, I want to give my, my homegirl a shout out for that. Um, there's another pastor too who's in the office of conference. Um, what's the name again? Paula Oliveira. Uh, Paula Oliveira. Is she ordained? I don't um, think she's ordained. Yeah, I don't think she's ordained either. But she's pastors of yeah, church. Yeah, but she's an awesome. awesome she, she, yeah, she, I know she brought over a thousand souls to right, Lord and everything right. like that. She's powerful and everything yeah. like that. So shout out to uh, also my homegirl too from Spring Valley. What's the name again too? Um, pastor Tulane. Shout out to you as well too. That's a powerful woman of God as well too. Yeah. Why do you guys think that they don't want to ordain pastors? Because they're sexist. I don't. I remember watching a video by um, the guy. He's That's part of it. he's he, uh, the three uh, three ABN guy. Uh, tall, uh, sk- um, skinny. Just name right now. I forget. Um, but I just remember watching um, Trent, uh, um, something Shelton, right? Doug Bachelor, I think. Not the, oh yeah, Doug, Doug Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I just remember uh, uh, seeing a video. This was during um, around the 2015 yeah. GC session, and basically he was comparing the Seventh Day Adventist Church to other denominations, and that other other denominations who um, voted for women's ordination. If you look out at their history, how their numbers, their uh, membership just went down Mm. and their influence as a church went down as soon as they voted yes for women's ordination. And 
that watching that video, you know, he gave a lot of data, a lot of statistics and a lot of numbers and to show us why we should not go that route because look at all the churches who went that route and, and look at where they are now. So it was kind of like, and then he used Bible scripture to... to um, so are you saying that support. if a woman is a pastor that the members are going to go down? Is that what's being applied? I, I don't think you know, so. Some I people are sexist against women, especially in our churches. The old-fashioned people, yes, yeah, I think they... I, 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 I wrestle with this a lot. Like, I, I honestly, I, I, I wrestle with this. Not against flesh and blood, but against false principalities. But, but, but to see... <laughs> I, I personally don't see a problem with a woman being a pastor. No. If God has called you, I don't see what's the problem in regards to... Because, you know, you know when you look at the life of Jesus, a lot of women were very instrumental mm -hmm. when it came to the ministry of Christ and aiding and supporting him. Um, I don't see what's wrong mm -hmm. with that at all. The, the difference between being a pastor, like Paula um, Oliver yeah. and um, Rebecca Davis, well, she was not yeah, ordained now, yeah. but before she was ordained, she was still a pastor. And, and the difference between being a pa uh, being licensed and being ordained is just like there are certain things you can't do. That's a fact, right? Like if you're if you're not ordained, you can't marry. You can't marry. You can't yeah. baptize. You can't um, start a church plant. You can't. There's certain things that you can't do. That's a fact. But, but you, you can, can still pastor. Ordained. No, you don't get paid. I mean, regardless, you, know you could pay to get ordained. Like you there's certain things. That yeah, that's outside, outside of the Seventh Adventist Church. You right, so saying? you're not or, an ordained yeah. SDA. Yeah, because okay, yeah. I know people that's ordained and they went through their own private situation and got ordained. And it was like, if you want to get ordained, I can we get ordained. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like all right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Is, is it true that a woman can't go on stage if she's on her period? What? Yeah, I don't know. Think about I that, man. All I can say is that. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Eric. He said you you heated today's sentence. <laughs> I'm heated. <laughs> what you gonna be like upset? I no, think like, it was because like, you got high energy today. Oh, facts. Right. Before something when you got excited. No, that's a fact. What I wanted to basically say was, um, I don't have a problem in regards to, and I've said this many times, and I think a lot of people know this in regards to women being pastors. And women being in, in positions of power, I don't see what's wrong with that. I, I feel like a woman can be an awesome leader and be an awesome wife or awesome mother. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 something that God has called her to do, whatever feel that it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not against that at all, and I'm not intimidated by that. I, I would remember being in school, and it was like you know, two 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 kind of you know clowns. Who would you know get on the women pass I'm like, hey, don't do that. Like, oh, so I'm about to do that no more. Like, you, you know, yeah. you know, making the girls feel inferior. And you know, the girls would appreciate it. like thank you, tennis for sticking up for me. I'm like, yeah, like right. stop right. it. Like, come on, right. bro, what right. you talking about? Right. What I mean, that's your perspective, I understand. Right. But if God has called a woman, you know, I don't I don't see what's the problem. You know what I'm saying? But unfortunately, you know, um, like a lot of people compared to this GC president to to, to, to Trump, there's misogyny. You feel me? That's that. It is what it is. You know. Yeah. We, you know. But isn't that ironic? How they always calling LNG white, and yet they're so biased versus women. Because LNG white wasn't a pastor, and she wasn't ordained. She wasn't. She wasn't anything. She was just a lay person, just a regular person, like any of us here. Well, I say she and, was a prophet. Yeah, because she got received visions from God, and she shared them, and those some those visions came to pass, like when she um had a uh, vision about the civil war 
and how a lot of the members of the Adventist church would lose their sons in that war, and people didn't believe her, but then when it actually happened, they were like, whoa. It's, it's the know? same thing also to when we talked about basically how, you know, the church should at least reach out to a lot of the slaves, mm. um, you know, at that time to bring them in, into the church, and they refused as well too, and as a result, you know, if the Adventist church was obedient, you know, at that time, um, you know, we, a lot of these Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostals would have been Adventists. Mm. And the facts are the facts, you know what I'm saying? But So, I mean, it is what it is. So what about the costume party they had at the GC? So? <laughs> the costume party. Sandy, you want to talk about that? You well, want more info on it. Well, um, I think I've said enough tonight. What? What do you mean? <laughs> you <laughs> tell me, you tell me. She got a whole book in front of her. <laughs> important for people to know what is going on in their churches like we go to church every sabbath yeah. um or those if you're not sda you go to your church every sunday and you're you, you like like ricard said there are things that are happening at the higher ups that we are not aware of that we are not privy to so i think it's important and those decisions those things that you're not aware of affect you and so I, th I think that's one of the reasons we should know about what's going on. I think, like I said, I think our focal point, I think, I know for a fact that our church is a very rich church. Mm -hmm. I know our church has got money. Yep. And I, I speak, you know, I speak to a friend of mine every Monday. Shout out to you, my, my, my friend. Secrets. And, Secret you know friend. what I'm saying? <laughs> we talk every Monday. And, and it supports what we're doing. And... You know, she talks about basically how there's an influx of a lot of young people leaving because of this. I think, like I said, I, I know that we as a church, we have to have reconciliation. Yeah. And we have to focus on our focal point. Mm -hmm. What is our mission? What is our goal? Right. I don't know too many Seventh-day Adventist churches who does community service. Nope. I can name a few. Nope. Like Glenville. Shout out to my man, Maya Edmonds. Mm. Quick, but, but, quick question, Sanders. Yeah. Do you know of any SDA church that ever gave away 200 turkeys? But, but that goes back to <laughs> community. That goes back to the charity and justice, right? So that's amazing. But how, is it impacting those people for a long term? Miracle City. Miracle City, yeah. Miracle City in Baltimore. Like, what are the things Shout that they're doing that impacts people for the long yeah. term and not just for a short, short term? I agree. You know? No, the, that's the difference. That's why I want to shout out Miracle, Miracle City. There's only like a few. That, Very that actually, few. That this kind of, you and, know? and what's crazy is if you look at the history of the SDA church, like LNG White and, and her peers, they were all about community service and and. and of righting wrongs in the community and helping people like that was church it wasn't just coming to church once a week and hear a, a sermon and worship and that's it and go home no they were actively involved like it was seven days a week kind of thing it wasn't just once a week it was seven that's days a, a week so i think we lost that as a church we yeah. really we're, we're really lost that, that. Back. we're bringing that back over here we've we've and how you said we're rich we are rich we're, because we're just stuffing ourselves it's we're just fact. stuffing ourselves yeah. we're getting bigger and bigger off of our fat off of our money it's and it's not overflowing into the community and if you look at all these as they pastors they all got that big stomach 
That's a fact. That's a fact. Like I said, we have a lot of work to do. Like I said, you know, we're just waiting. Like I said, you know, guys, keep donating to our causes. Keep donating to our ministry. You know, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, two hundred turkeys, beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, all that good stuff is good. But once, once it, once it the overflow. Trust me, it's it's gonna be something. Yeah. When it's still it's gonna be something, you know? Yeah. So you know the this church that needs to be built. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Not, not building more churches. No, 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 no. I'm talking about I'm talking about for what we want to do in regards to like, you know, because sometimes you know you could you could bring a vision, you could be like, hey guys, let's do the community service, let's do this, do that, and you know, they're not with that, you know what I'm saying? So you gotta do what you gotta do at the end of the day. You feel what I'm saying? So no. it'd be like that wait, sometimes. Wait, I don't understand. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm putting it out to understand. I can listen, I could tell a church right now, look, I've been in numerous churches. Oh, so I've got another comment. Read it from me, bro. No, somebody just said, hey. But yeah, the thing is that I've realized that. Shout out to Grace. You could tell a church, be about your community. Mm-hmm. Give back to your community. Yeah. And they look at you like you're dumb. You understand? Then when they see you got like three, four thousand members, oh, yo, let's talk now. Like, no, 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 it's okay, my friend. You can stay right here. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm with that in regards to if the Lord gives you a vision to t- start something, you know what I'm saying, something fresh, something good, just to wake up the other churches to start doing what they need to do and everything like that. Right. Like, for example, you got my man, um, there's a pastor in Florida right now. Um, he's doing his thing right. He's ripping it right now. Pastor, he has a mega church in, in Florida. You know what I'm talking about. Pa- you know what pastor I'm talking about. Pastor Kobe Tucson. Oh, wow. He has a mega church in Florida. He's ripping it. He has a church in Boston, nice. Rhode Island. Nice. He has a church in Haiti. Okay. He just had a, 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 a big summit with Pastor President Jovenel Moise. Okay. So he's doing a lot of work and everything like that. You feel what I'm saying? So I just feel like sometimes you got to shake up. Mm-hmm. You got to shake up other churches. To be about to be about their um to be about their work and everything like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to all the people that's doing the work. Shout out to everybody that's got ten toes down. Like they always say, the harvest is plenty, but the work is. No, there was a few. It'd be like that. That's why I, mean, I don't complain anymore. <laughs> because the thing is that when it comes to crunch time, it's always five, ten, twenty people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Funerals don't count. Spread that's love a fact. Now. I agree. Rest in peace. To Kim Porter. Yes, yes, yes. Speaking of Kim Porter, man, um, I want to um, send my condolences to you know Pete Diddy and his um, and his whole family. Mm. Um, you know my man King Combs. Um, you know his son. Um, his sons, his, his lovely daughters. I'm really, you know, um, devastated and sad for them. You know, it's it's a it's a really big loss. Um, she contributed a lot to hip hop culture. Um, she also was besides the babies. Yeah, facts. She she put a lot of people on as well too. You know, spoke an ear and put that yo sign him, sign That's sign her and everything. So I want to give a shout out to her as well too and everything like that for her doing um that and everything. You know what I'm saying? So a moment of silence. So a moment of silence for her and everything. And um also in the latter news, shout out to Michelle Obama, man. On her butt. Yeah, it's been, it's been selling a lot of, yes. a lot of, a lot of, um, I think she did 750 the first week. Wow. Thousand. 750,000. Yeah. yeah. 750,000. Bro, she's amazing. Yeah. A book about to go platinum. She's amazing, yeah. Inspiring, so, yes. Black women. Yeah. Closing thoughts, guys. Are we done already? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I want to just say this before okay. we go. I wanted to say um, shout out to her because I, I really felt her, you know, her pain in regards to, you know, in the inauguration. She looked very pissed. You, did you watch the inauguration when Donald Trump was inaugurating when she was, you see her face? <laughs> no, I didn't Yo, see Yo, she face. was pissed. I'm surprised she's such close friends with um, George W. Well, share candy well, had more, you know. Just doesn't share candy at a funeral. That don't make <laughs> no, somebody best friends. No, no she, she, she called him, that's, that's his heart. That's a heart. Yeah, she said that's a friend. That's a that's a heart. Like like you know what I'm saying. I mean, of course George Bush was. A, you know, I mean, I mean, like like they're the Republicans that I like. I'm not a Republican. I'm more into Bernie. That's my thing. You feel me? But you know, George Bush was more civil. He was not no Donald Trump. <laughs> but people still want <laughs> him. This dude is reckless, son. <laughs> this dude is reckless. He's going against the press. He's reckless. He doesn't care. He, he's a dictator. He's a gangster. He was someone that wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. So now that he's there, he's like, okay, it's so whatever. You, you think he's going to vote it again? Oh, Maybe. Gosh. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, but wow. That's I crazy. Would. But you know what? I think I was having this conversation with yes. someone like, you know how, oh, it's hashtag woke, stay woke. You know, that just came out all of a sudden. And it made me wonder, like, <laughs> what does that mean that before this administration that people of color were sleeping? A lot of people still sleeping. A lot of people are still sleeping. I and so I feel like, yeah, because we were content in a way. Like we were, were okay, satisfied. Yes, black men um, in the White House. But now it's like everyone is waking up. It's real. And so it, it's, it's, a, it's a scary time to be living in, but it's also, I would say, even like exciting because people are like moving and working and hands on the ground and people are active. Like, look at the midterm elections. Like, look at how many women and minorities got elected. They're going to be on you know? this next year. So I feel like now, you know, this waking up period that we're in, this woke period that we're in, People becoming more conscious, people um, speaking out now, and people getting active. I think that it's it's a really it's really good that we are doing this. I wish we would have put pressure on the Obama administration and not just been content with with him being just being in the White House. We should have been as woke then as we are now, but we just had to focus on now. Because white women got votes, homosexuals got a bill That's passed. That's a fact. White women got a bill passed. That's a Spanish fact. got a bill passed. The blacks, they just got passed over. That's the truth. That's the, truth. I, the irony, blacks got, got passed over. That's the truth. You know what I'm saying? So We got passed over so hard, the Jews are filled That's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> that's, the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. Oh, that's the truth. That's the truth. Did you get the truth? I got the truth right there like this. <laughs> Let's close out, guys. So with that being said, we are thanking everybody who viewed um, us tonight. We asking that you guys continue to please donate to what we have been doing and what we continue to do. We have a lot of big, major projects coming up. So guys, please donate. Um, we're looking for people who are into um, um, entrepreneurship, who are business-minded, and we're here to promote you because this show, it's about you. You know, we come in together to promote you, to let people know what you're doing in the community. So the opportunity is open to you. So that's my closing thoughts. My closing thoughts are, if you are Seven Day Adventist, or even if you're not Seven Day Adventist, I want you to go online, go on Google, um, type Adventist for Social Justice. 
and the website you'll see is Adventist for the number four socialjustice.org and there you'll find all the the topics and the issues that uh, Adventists for Social Justice are working on and are passionate about nice. and um, just please join the movement because we are working we are on the ground and I'm not any official spokesperson but I am passionate about social justice and passionate about um, my identity as a black woman and a Christian woman. And so I think that social justice is just a natural part of that identity. I just want to thank everyone that watched the show tonight. Shout out to everybody that donated to the Turkey Drive and shout out to everybody that's been supporting the show, that supported the things that we do. We thank everyone for watching tonight, um, the people that's watching on Facebook, the people that's watching on YouTube, and the people that's watching on television. We thank you for your continued support and admiration. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube at www.youtube.com backslash C for channel backslash the real word TV. That's youtube.com backslash C for channel backslash the real word TV. You can donate if you appreciate our programming at the real word um, on GoFundMe. GoFundMe.com backslash the real word. GoFundMe.com backslash the real word. We on television every Thursday on the Brick Network at 4 o'clock. Check your local listings. And we thank you for watching tonight. Pastor Sanders, close us out. Lord, we thank you for what you're about to do through us and for us. And Lord, help our viewers continue to be more like you and us as well. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 So share, like, hit the like button, hit the share button, Bye. pass on to a friend. We see you later on next week. Have a good night.